God has been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen. He doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with trees. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. Welcome to the God Whisperers. Swirl is holding his hands up in a position of prayer. I don't know if he's praying or just perplexed. I, I'm still trying to figure out our introductory line. <laughs> you know what? Just go. Just go with it. This is a theology of the cross moment. What do, what right do we here. do? We what do we do? We uh, retrain people. We, we reintroduce God and retrain. People. How do you reintroduce God? Well, they've been introduced to the wrong God, apparently. So we reintroduce them? Well, we introduce them to the right God. I'm Bill Swirla. We are the manly doctors of divinity, the God Whispers. Welcome to yet another stirring one-hour podcast. We know that most of you spend your time on the treadmill, the exercise bike, the Stairmaster. Toilet. I haven't heard any toilet testimonials, but I I don't want to hear... uh, (laughs) uh, Walking, jogging. No, don't don't take your, your... iPad, iPod, i thong into the shower. I still have the thong up on the the swag site. Is it selling big? Big money maker. Popular, yeah, popular it, item. Huge. By the way, folks, uh, I I am broke, and so buy a lot of stuff. You, you are broke. Yeah, yeah that's. Yeah, between uh, the IRS and uh, uh, needing the ice maker repaired on a refrigerator. Jason Kaspar on the bagpipes. Did you get a Samsung refrigerator also recently? I did. Yeah, be careful. The ice maker on ours broke already. I don't have one. Oh, you don't have an ice maker? I avoid those. What are you, poor? I don't like the... Um... <laughs> I worry about this guy. Everyone, every time I play this, I work. Oh, see, the air just went right out of the bag on that. Yeah, I don't. I don't hook up the ice maker. I. Uh, I. I fear kitchen leaks. But the ice filtered water is so delicious. You have hardwood floors, though. No, Do you I have don't. them in your kitchen. No, not not in my kitchen. But the, it would it would progress into the living room quite uh, easily because yeah. we have kind of an open kitchen living room. And we thing. have tile and carpeting that looks really awful. <laughs> Even though it's not that old, it's just dirtier oh, than all Carpeting is just terrible. Yeah, so if that got wrecked, we wouldn't really be Plus, that. Plus, I don't like the noise that ice makers make when they... Th- Ka-chunk. Dump, yeah, well, they dump their load of Ka-chunk. ice every time it's done. We just I just have the plastic trays. Old school. Yeah, see, Paula, her whole life... Has wanted an ice maker. Oh, this was the big thing. This was yeah, this, this was having arrived into adulthood. Y- yeah, you know, you know, it's the, it's the little things in life that make you realize that now you're responsible, grown up. And for Paul, it's the ice maker. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that your Samsung is given out because yeah, we just bought one ourselves. You no, know, I take it back. No, I have a Samsung dishwasher. Oh well, that has water attached. Yeah, you, you bet it does. In fact, uh, my little uh, bubbler thing was overflowing. Your bubbler? Well, you know, there's the the air gap. For do you have a dishwasher? Yeah, yeah. You, the, there's that air gap over the sink uh-huh. uh, for the drain, right? Uh, to keep uh, water from backflowing into the dishwasher. Yeah, I've had a backflow through there before. Oh, that's ugly. Well, yeah, well, what good. what happened was was 
the 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 big black hose between the air gap and the garbage disposal, which ultimately goes to the drain, was clogged with the most horrendous clog I have ever seen. I mean, it, I I rooted. I just took one the, of your cats get in there. Or something? It, it looked like a it looked like a fur ball <laughs> that was stuck in in the drain pipe, and I, so I ended up taking the drain off and just kind of uh, forcing paper towels through one end and just pushing it through the other end of this this thing, and you wouldn't believe what came out of that hose. I, I'm amazed water was even flowing remotely through this thing. Interesting. And uh, so well, you kind of did a homemade snake job on it. I, I I gave my my dishwasher a colonoscopy. I was going to say an angio. Plasty, but yeah. Okay. No, I I rooted that sucker. This is the drain, man. This is not this is not an artery. This is the drain. <laughs> Good point. You Good know. Point. And and what came out of it was befitting a drain. I'll tell you right now. But uh, we're now we're styling again. And then I reinstalled the air gap slightly. Incredible. There's a little. Uh, uh, it's too complicated to explain, but the water has ceased to flow. Well, did you install it yourself? Was that part of the problem? No, no. It was just it's been there for like 10 years. Oh. I, uh, I went on YouTube. I found a great test. You take the cap off your air gap, and you take a um, paper towel dispenser, and you flop it on top of the sink deck, and you blow into the cardboard tube. And if you encounter resistance when you do that, you got a clock. You got issues. You got issues. Wow. Now, he just takes a big pipe brush and just goes down from on top. I disconnected the whole gizmo and uh, and just took the uh, piece of tubing outside and yeah. flushed it out. But I you you can learn almost anything on YouTube. I love you. This was a That's plumber amazing. guy. I mean, I can't believe they put this on because this is going to cut down on service calls. But he was an older plumber. Uh-huh. He was retiring. I, I got on YouTube just this last night. screwing the competition. That's right pretty there, cool, yeah. though. I got on YouTube just last night because I, I use Bay Rum aftershave, and and I saw that there's now that's old school stuff. I mean that this is Bay stuff that's been, been around, around since 1801. Yeah, th- that's right, right. And and I love it because it's the old smell of the barber shop. It's it's just it's glorious. It's, it's stuff. a manly smell. And so I, I was looking. I found a recipe for Bay Rum on YouTube. Whoa, whoa! Make what? your own Bay Rum. Seri- now that's that's really that's almost paleo. Yeah, it's sweet. It requires Make vodka, your- rum, and uh, bay leaves, but not the kind that you get at the market. They're a special when you have to go to the, or, you know, like Sprouts or Whole Foods to find the right bay yeah. leaves because yeah. they're uh, Jamaican or rather a Cuban bay Thai. leaf. They're Cuban. Uh, uh, cloves and cinnamon. And that's a little That's spice. amazing. You put it all in a jar together, and you put it in the closet for about two or three weeks <laughs> oh. and let it all kind of go <laughs> together. Then you filter it through a coffee strainer, uh-huh. a coffee yeah, filter. Yeah, so you filter it. And uh, drink. voila, you have... So you can drink it and splash it on all at the same time. I know I do. So anyway... <laughs> So I'm watching that, and then that I, is a that and, really is amazing. And then you know there there are links to uh, other stuff when you're done watching that yeah, video. Yeah. And so then I go to this link on how to shave with a straight edge razor. I said, well, that looks interesting. Okay. So I'm watching this how to shave with it. And then when that's over, there's a link to how to shave your genitals. And I didn't oh, go there. See? I did not go there. See? But it was a cartoon kind of preview thing that it looked like and i'm like see see you just follow this down and i was like why you know do they have that, this that is, on youtube but, that's a good but point that's though. when it well that's when i discovered you can find absolutely anything well, on youtube that's one point the other point is if you follow the thread on youtube long enough it will degenerate very badly <laughs> 
And and I think it's about six degrees. You know, there's about a six degrees. There. Yeah, six YouTubes will get you to a very bad place. Well, there was also another link to another option, which was how to shave your own back, which I may or may not have watched. I'm not going to comment on that one. That so. could be dangerous. <laughs> Doesn't especially if you're doing it with a, a straight. straight. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Wow. I think no. there's one option. I'm impressed of, you can make just, your own uh, after shave. Yeah. I, you know, th- this is it. Maybe we need a God Whispers competition. You, you know, make, who can make the best bay rum? In, Send me samples so I don't have to make my own. In, in, this, in this day and age of, you know, growing organic and local and, and, and all of this and, and making your own stuff, making your own aftershave. I, this is really, this could start a trend in simplicity. Well, you know, for a, a bottle of bay rum aftershave, mm-hmm. it's like six ounces. It's, it's a fair size bottle of aftershave. I think I pay like $6 or something like that. So I can't imagine making your own is that much more economical than just. No. And I mean, how much are you using? I mean, you're not exactly going through quartz. No, I I think I've had the same bottle for probably five or six. Can you make, can you make your own dusting powder? You know, that powder that they, they, they slap. I haven't looked. That's a smell. That's the smell I associate. Now the the one that you want though is club man. Mm -hmm. Cause that's the, I know that one. I know that when they, when they rip off that, 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 uh, that paper, the clergy. Yeah. That's, that's that, that got me, that got me. Used to wearing a clergy yes. collar when I was, yeah. and and then they 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 zing that off, and then they kind of like uh, put that powder on your. My neck. barber still uses that, and he says, anyone, if you go to Supercuts or wherever, if they don't use that, it's unsanitary. You should walk out. Well, there but you then go. Again, he's old school, Louis. Yeah, Louis. Yeah, Louis. Louis, Louis he's Louis from knows, Sicily. He's he knows right. about. Sanitation. He tells me the same joke I'm, every I'm, time. Yeah. Every time he tells me the same joke. <laughs> I love Louis. Man, well, Louis was my dad's barber. All things manly. Up, you know? There, yeah. it, it reminds me. I got to get a haircut. I mean, I'm starting to. We are the manly doctors, and so we do manly things, and we make manly aftershave, and and. Shave with a straight edge razor. I'm going to. I'm, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to break uh, with tradition here and uh, and go right to Heidelberg. Holy what? I am. You're, uh, I'm going to Heidelberg. You can't do that because I, I have not ready. This there we go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't even know what this has to do with Heidelberg. It's German. I don't know. It's Austria. It's Deutschland, Ugrad. Yeah, but the platoon is Austria. Yeah, that's true. Poor Heidi. You really mourn for that guy. Wait, I'm playing my own trumpet here. The never-ending allergies of spring. Mm. <laughs> Heidelberg disputation. Was ist das? I, uh... Article thesis. We we we've just been introduced to the theology of glory, and the theology of the cross. The theology of glory calls evil good and good evil. A theology of the cross. Wait a second. I long for the fatherland. Uh, a, a theology of the cross calls the thing what it actually 
is. And and I we, we determined last time that I think what Luther is driving at here is when viewed through the lens. Wait, where are we now? Number 22? 21. 21? I thought we did 21. Well, I'm, I'm getting a little back, uh, you know. Oh, you're getting a running start at it. Yeah. I, I just don't want to launch into it. Did I do the 626-593-7713, no. Manly Doctors 13, if you want to call this message on the Skype? You just did now. Okay, good. And the, you know all the other stuff. Inquire no more, you feral beast. (laughs) I knew that was coming. A theology of the cross calls the thing what it actually is. This is the lens, the lens of the cross, viewing everything through the lens of the cross. Through the lens of the cross, good is good and evil is evil. And a theologian of the cross calls good, good and evil, evil. Luther says this is clear. He who does not know Christ does not know God hidden in suffering. The Deus absconditus. The hidden God. Sure, why not? Therefore, he prefers works to suffering, glory to the cross, strength to weakness, wisdom to folly, and in general, good to evil. Just like our, our buddy Joel. Mm-hmm. Squeal like a pig for me. <laughs> there we go. And then let's talk a moment about pork. Exactly. Ham. Bacon. See, there's theology of glory right there. These are the people whom the apostle calls enemies of the cross of Christ. For they hate the cross and the suffering and love good works and the glory of works. Thus they call the good of the cross evil and the evil of a deed good. God can be found only in suffering and the cross, as has already been said. Therefore the friends of the cross say that the cross is good and works are evil. For through the cross, works are dethroned, and the old Adam, and that's the key here, who is especially edified by works, is crucified. So you're seeing here Luther's distinction of the old Adam, or the old man in Adam, the new man in Christ. It's all about the old Adam. It is impossible for a person not to be puffed up by his good works unless he has been first deflated and destroyed by suffering and evil until he knows that he is worthless and that his works are not his but God's. That's pretty much the end of of all discussion of works at that point, isn't it? Okay, I give up on works. But do you notice that? that, I mean, this is is Luther basically deconstructing scholasticism. But wouldn't this indicate that we would be weak on sanctification no because because <laughs> sanctification being god's work you can only you can only say you're weak on sanctification if you view sanctification as your work or as i like to say the old adam really does need a t-shirt doesn't he <laughs> <laughs> i i think that if we are saying that i in my flesh, am weak on sanctification, but yes. in Christ, I am strong in sanctification. Exactly. There you go. Right? That would be... So if I'm speaking about myself, I'm not speaking about Jesus, and when I'm speaking about myself, I am dead and feeble and well, limp. As you as you are speaking of yourself, as you are in Adam. Yes. See, you... In, there, in the old there is, self. There is, your, there is a self that is the new man in Christ, or the inner man, as Paul calls but it. But that's the one That is not Christ. weak on sanctification. Right. But then again, he wouldn't lay claim to those works as his own, but as God's. Correct. 
I think it's very, I think the, the phrase weak on sanctification without further explanation is very misleading. It's in the same, it's in the same vein as, as the attempt to say that good works are detrimental to salvation. That's true, but you need to say a little bit more than that. <laughs> Just a little bit more. Yes. Uh, because see, I mean, a, 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 true, a work is truly and only good if God does it. But then since God does it through a sinner, it will never be good. Mm. Concur. Mm. And so uh, though sanctification is God's work and it's whole and complete and entire because it is being expressed through a sinner, it will always appear weak. Yes. And in this life, in this flesh. And as you are right to point out elsewhere that if God has declared us to be holy, we are. That's it. And that's it. And so, and to say weak on <laughs> sanctification could be misheard. Uh, you know, it, it's either it's either the old Adam bragging, or it's a it's a denigration of the works of Christ. Wow. See, so it, it that can go wrong two ways. Probably but it can also way. go right in that I have no holiness that is in and of myself. That's true, but that's not weak. That's utterly lacking in sanctification. Oh, that would be a good T-shirt, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's... utterly lacking in sanctification. Why don't we be theologians of the cross and call the thing what it actually is? No sanctification. Damned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I'm going to have to find some music from that band, The Damned, which is there. Oh, is that how you do that? You just sort of uh, you, you just, just search out whatever. Actually, you don't. Little you have a nearly words. encyclopedic. You'd be a great disc jockey or a bump music guy for some. Talk radio show, which I you am actually the bump are music guy but, for our talk radio yeah, show. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I love this thesis. Uh, but this thesis only makes sense when you view the whole, when you view it all through the cross. You know that is that is. It's only through the cross that a thing can be called what it actually is. That means sin can be called sin. Grace can be called grace. Justification can be justification. All these things. What are you doing? You broke my Heidelberg disputation. I did. Did I get them in the wrong order? No. They're, oh, okay. They're yeah. in the right order. Oh, it fell apart? It just fell apart. Oh, didn't the staple hold? No. Oh, I'm sorry. I did. I, I made these copies. You broke it. But I got the internet back up, That's so that was, that was good. Well, thank God for that. Thesis 22, that wisdom which sees the invisible things of God in works as perceived by man is completely puffed up, blinded, and hardened. Wow. Wisdom which sees the invisible things of God in works as perceived by man is complete. I'm not sure I'm wrapping my head around that one. Uh, this, well, this is, uh, see, the thing is, works. What works? Works perceived by, by man. man. Yes. So they're taking the glory for the works themselves and they're seeing of them. As they inevitably will. This has already right. been said because men do not know the cross and hate it. They necessarily love the opposite, namely wisdom, glory, power, and so on. Therefore, they become increasingly blinded and hardened by such love for desire cannot be satisfied by the acquisition of those things which it desires. Just as the love of money grows in proportion to the increase of the money itself. That's an interesting observation. Mm. The love of money grows with the increase of money. So the dropsy of the soul. Ooh, the dropsy of the soul. Dropsy. Becomes thirstier the more it drinks. 
As the poet says, the more water they drink, the more they thirst for it. The same thought is expressed in Ecclesiastes 1.8. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. This holds true of all desires. I would say this holds true of knowledge, too. You know, we have this kind of this, this, this continual quest to know more. It's like the Athenians. They always wanted to hear a new idea. And, and the, but the, the thirst for knowledge is never quenched, is it? Thus, oh, thus also the desire for knowledge is not satisfied by the acquisition of wisdom, but is stimulated that much more. Likewise, the desire for glory is not satisfied by the acquisition of glory, nor is the desire to rule satisfied by power and authority, nor is the desire for praise satisfied by praise and so on, as Christ shows it in 4.13, where he says, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. This is one of those things, like when Luther was in the monastery, and he was kind of the monk's monk, and yet the harder he tried, the worse things got. Yes. And and so, or as Rosenblatt likes to say, the faster I run, the behinder I get. Yes. Right? And, and so here, Luther is putting to shame all the others. Because he, he is so pious outwardly, and yet the more outwardly pious he becomes, the less pious he sees himself to be. And so the striving never ends. Yeah, here, this, this next paragraph, so this, is a, this is great, but he almost sounds zen here. Listen to this. The remedy for curing desire does not lie in satisfying it, but in extinguishing it. Interesting. <laughs> That's very Zen. Very Zen. In other words, he who wishes to become wise does not seek wisdom by progressing toward it, but by becoming a fool, by retrogressing into seeking folly. Hey, this explains a lot of our colleagues. They're actually seeking wisdom by becoming fools and succeeding rather nicely, I think. Perhaps we should emulate them. You know, I'm beginning to wonder. Likewise, he who wishes to have much power, honor, pleasure, satisfaction, all things, must flee rather than seek power, honor, pleasure and satisfaction all things this is the wisdom which is folly to the world again it's the cross yeah. he who would save his life or would will lose it and he who loses his life for my sake jesus says we'll save it for eternity i just got obsessed with the whole dropsy statement because that's one of those old term diagnoses yes yeah, yeah. And, and you know kind of like the vapors or consumption yes right you that's know? right that's and, right. and so I, I had to look it up because i know i'd seen it before that's it's a distended it's, big it's, swollen stomach yeah edema and, yeah yeah it's, it's congestive heart failure oh edema. is that what that is yeah. oh no kidding that that was dropsy yeah it's just the accumulation to, of water in yeah. the tissues yeah i didn't know that oh so. i just knew that it was sort of bloated yeah, yeah, you kind of blow yeah, it up. Yeah, but it's it's a sign of congestive heart failure. Oh, a, that edema. Oh, okay, all right. You learn something new every day. I did here. Yeah, but but this is this is a marvelous thing. I, in fact, this is this is worthy of quotation in and of itself. The remedy for curing desire, or the remedy for desire, really, does not lie in satisfying it, but in extinguishing it. But that's that's what the Buddhists say. <laughs> is it our, our the the goal of of reaching nirvana or or what or total uh um what is it total um awakenment enlightenment is to desire nothing so our desire is to have no desire and and isn't that kind of the same kind of thing yeah, it, yeah. It, except so, the, so perhaps luther was a closet buddhist ah uh, but see here the the, the, the question <laughs> is so. who who's who's going to be extinguishing 
You know, and that and this, ah. this gets to the this gets to the law and the gospel. I must decrease that he may increase. There you go. Yes. That's that's it's the mortification, vivification, the yes. old Adam. You can't fix him. You can't satisfy him. You Throw can't him make under him the bus yeah, and you, ignore him. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Smack that inner brat. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's nothing you can do to fix him. No. And you can't satisfy his desires so that he kind of goes away. You just, he keeps coming back for more. You just reckon him as dead and move on. That's exactly yes. it. That, that's right. And so <laughs> so Thesis 23, the law brings the wrath of God, Romans 4.15, kills, reviles, accuses, judges, and condemns everything that is not in Christ. Yes. See, and I would say... No matter whether it is curbing, mirroring, or instructing, that is the law, always brings the wrath of God, kills, reviles, accuses, judges, and condemns. That's what it, so it'll, it'll instruct you to death. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the problem that I run into with my fungical friends that I go to the cigar Bible study I always with. think of something on a popstick, popsicle stick whenever I hear fungical. Fungical. You know, it's kind of like a, it's got like a, a chocolate fudge outside and maybe <laughs> vanilla and caramel ice cream in the middle. That sounds delicious. Ooh, yeah. I think I'll have a, a fungical. <laughs> maybe that ice cream truck, truck will come by yeah, soon. Yeah, wait for the good humor um, truck to roll but, by. But it's always the seeing of the law as... Is something instructive that I can do. Yeah. Instead of it diagnosing me as dead, it it is, well, God has given us our marching orders here. How can we do this? Right. And the answer is, you can't do it, but God wouldn't tell us to do something that we couldn't do, so we better do this. And so what you end up doing is you start nullifying it a little bit at a time yep. so that all of a sudden it's doable. And what really counts in the end is your intentions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I meant to do it. And that's what God really cares about is that you wanted to do the right thing, even though you didn't see, I, I, I think, I think, and this is, this is, you know, this is the heart of the reformation right here is, is, is that, uh, this, this, um, this foolishness of God, this theology of the cross comes through, first of all, right knowledge of the law, that the law brings the wrath of God and it kills and reviles and accuses and judges and condemns whatever is not in Christ. See, the new man is in Christ. So the new man hears no law, needs no law. Yeah. This, but, this is a, a, a rejection of the lex semper accusat, right? The, the law always accuses. Well, no, that's not a rejection. This is a restatement of No, that. I'm saying the 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 understanding that it's something that we can do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or that there are ways of the law that don't do this. Right. You see that that's that's I think the big misunderstanding that somehow there are modes of the law that don't accuse, that don't kill, that don't judge, that don't condemn. And that's that's simply not true. Yeah, this is one of the problems with a false understanding of the third use of the law. Right. I mean the third use of the law is is simply that that the old Adam, in addition to being uh curbed and having to see his sin for what it is, needs also to be instructed basically to go along with the program. But but he does it unwillingly, and it kills him. It kills him. The entire <laughs> the entire thing kills him. See that that's why I always say that the third use of the law should be called the wall, because when you hit it, you see what God is like and what you should strive to be like. But you're always bounced back to that second use that says, "But I don't." Well, the the thing is, like 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 the entire law, no matter how you look at it, the new man delights in it because he sees who he is in Christ. Yeah, right. because Christ is the fulfillment of the law. Um, the old man hates it and is condemned by it no matter how he looks at it. I mean, even if he looks at it as instructive, hey, look at it this way. The law is rewards and punishments. And so even 
even these promises of rewards in heaven. That's just addressing the old Adam. So he goes along with it. He's, oh, I'm going to get rewards. Yeah. The new man in Christ doesn't do things for reward. He does things because it's good. Yeah. I've got a fundagelical buddy who's obsessed with the whole rewards thing. Yeah. That I mean, too is the old Adam. Constantly obsessed with it. And I say, God speaks that way so you can understand something because you are that sinful. That's right. Because it's all about you yeah. and what you're going to get out of Th- this. Think of that. Yeah. Else. Is it truly love when you love with the hope of getting a reward for it in heaven? Well, no. yeah, or, or as though I'm going to show up at heaven and say, look at how much better I am than Bill. Yeah, well, look at how many that, mansions that I have and everything else. Hey, you know what? We don't get mansions. It's, it's about that time here to take a break. Ooh, a little Don Tiki. It's kind of loud. We'll be back. So it goes out to Frank. Papa said, you better go to bed. Maria Mama said, you better go to bed. The little sister said, you better go to bed. The older brother said, you heard what Papa said. You better say goodnight. You better shut the light. And Papa told you no, you can't go out tonight. But Papa didn't know Maria had a date and couldn't let him wait. So in a little while, she waited till the lights were low. Welcome back to the God Whispers. I'm Craig Denofrio. I know somebody who sings like this. Really? Yeah, it's my 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 Romanian girlfriend. The the uh, really yeah the piano player. She 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 does. She I I think I finally figured out who who her uh, vocal muse is. Astrid Astrid Gilberto. <laughs> I'm Bill Swirla. I don't, Astrid. I don't really have a Romanian girlfriend. As far as your wife's concerned, you don't. That's right. <laughs> Ah, I love this. You know, uh, Mad Men, when this airs, will have been back on the air for about a month now. Oh. And uh, I, I keep meaning to get the Zooby Zooby Zoo song oh, going yeah. there because they, they just brought that one out of Mothballs. is fantastic. Yeah, that's good. That's that's a good one to resurrect. Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll probably have that in the near future. There. Good. Yeah. So we're, we're on uh, thesis number 23. Billions still. of Brazilians. Billions of Brazilians. What a great Don song Tiki. that was. Where where else are you going to get Don Tiki and Astrid Gilberto? You know what? You need to pour yourself a martini before you start listening to God Whispers. Or, or an Amarillo. I, I'm thinking, martini, well, we're, yeah. we're serious martini music here. That is. That's, this is martini or, or a me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Yeah, you and your invented <laughs> drinks. I don't know. That is a great drink. What, what was that? Uh, grape juice and... No, uh, Meyer lemon juice and lime juice. Oh, I thought it had some lighter fluid in it or no, something. No, no, no. And Q, Q tonic water. It's a, it's a high-end... Uh, tonic and agave juice wa- Isn't that uh, water. Some sort of quinine or something? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what tonic water's got quinine <laughs> in it. That's right. And the key ingredient, the Julio, Don Julio Blanco. 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 Not the Reposada and uh, not the Añejo, but but the, the Don Julio Blanco. All that's... I know is it will all kill me. <laughs> that's all I know. Uh, oh, I, wait. I'm, I'm on a 24. I what I happened at 23? Julio Blanco. 
Uh, we're back at thesis stories. The law brings the wrath of God. We have to do 24. I can't find 23. Kills, reviles, accuses, judges, condemns. Everything that is not in Christ. The key to that is everything that is not in Christ. And, I mean, that's, that's really all the law does. All, these, all this argument about the uses of the law it has to be run through this thesis, really, that the law always accuses, the law always condemns, the law always kills, whether it mirrors, whether it curbs, whether it instructs. And that's why when people are instructed by the law or curbed by the law or they look in the mirror of the law, they get ticked. They don't like it. The old Adam hates it. So. I don't like it. And like you say, tries to minimize it, self-justify, do all these kinds of things, you know. This is why I always say that the Bible is a very inconvenient book. Very much and so. And it chafes me. Well, it chafes a lot of people. Yeah. So they minimize it, legalize it, do all kinds of things with it. But uh, Thus, Galatians 3.13 states, Luther writes, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, and for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, the curse. And Romans 4.15, for the law brings wrath. And Romans 7.10, the very commandment which promised a life proved to be death to me. Romans 2.12, all who have sinned without the law also perish without the law. Therefore, he who boasts that he is wise and learned in the law boasts in his confusion, <laughs> his damnation, the wrath of God in death. As Romans 2.23 puts it, you who boast in the law. So better not boast in the law. That's not a good idea. I don't try to do that. You know, and I yet, try not to do that. And yet, I, I, you know, I have to think how much of our hand wringing over this, that, and the other thing, whether it's gay marriage, homosexuality, abortion, all the, all the, the hot topics, this is all um, a lot of discussion about being learned in the law. Hmm. And what kind of coffee you drink? Well, no, but, I, you know, this is just, just constant, constant parsing of the law, natural law. Uh, you know, the, I think the whole the whole way that we approach uh, everything from homosexuality to everything else kind of betrays a lot of that because the law would simply declare it all to be sin. You know, is gay marriage a sin? Yeah, so is every marriage. Every marriage is sin because it's done by sinners. <laughs> go figure. Don't go holding up your good marriage before God because that ain't going to fly either. But we do recognize that. Certain kinds of marriage are sanctified and certain Well, there, no, there aren't certain kinds of marriage. There's only one kind of marriage. Well, okay. <laughs> That's a good point that one thing is a marriage and the other one is not. And a theologian of the cross calls the thing what it actually is. Gay. <laughs> no, not. <laughs> Yet, thesis 24, that wisdom is not of itself evil, nor is the law to be evaded. I've got to remind some of our friends about that. The, but without the theology of the cross, man misuses the best in the worst manner. Boy, that last, that last phrase, is, that's, another, that's highlightable right there. Without the theology of the cross, man misuses the best in the worst manner. It all goes back to lensing everything through the cross. Indeed, the law is holy. Every gift of God, good. And everything that is created exceedingly good, as in Genesis one thirty one, that is very good. But as stated above, he who has not been brought low, reduced to nothing through the cross and suffering, takes credit for works and wisdom and does not give credit to God. He thus misuses and defiles the gifts of God. Hmm. Uh. 
Yet the wisdom is not itself evil. Nor that wisdom, the wisdom of the law, is not yeah. not in and of itself evil. It's good. The law is holy. Oh, I said the. Uh, nor is the law to be evaded. I think that one's also very interesting. You know, David says, "I delight in the law of God," right. and yeah. and uh, I I hear that on one hand as as a new man and say yes, and as the old man I shudder. Exactly. <laughs> Not only shudder, but you you hate it. You yeah. you hate what it shows, and that's the thing is is that is that. Um, as as saint in Christ, we delight in the law because it is a perfect description of who we are in Christ. Right. Uh, as sinner in Adam, we hate the law because it is a prescription we cannot keep. Yes. And, and uh, yeah, so, so it kills us. Yeah, I think a lot of times when people are mad, when they're mad at the church, they're mad at God, they're mad at... That is really the old Adam kicking up a fit. Explain. Well, well it's, it's, he's resisting his own mortification. He hates this. He hates this whole business of being told what to do. I mean, even look at it this way. Even when it's man-made laws, you know, what's our first response? Nobody tells me what to do. <laughs> I'm free to do anything I want. You know, and that, you know, who's, who does that? The old Adam talks like that. The new man says, what does my neighbor need? Right. You know, the hell with my freedom. What does my neighbor right. need? I, it's it's bad with humanity in general, but then uh, American rugged individualism adds just one more. No, oh, it's to a the narcotic for Americans. Yeah. We, we love this stuff because it's all about me. Got to recognize that me is the old Adam that needs to die. Right. I must decrease and Christ must increase. Yeah. The new man says, no, it's all about Christ. I'm going to pull myself up by the bootstraps. Yeah, here. and fall flat on your face when you do that. <laughs> Yeah, but you're right. It, it is the, the it's the the I, it's the American idol. You know, if if uh, if Russians have a weak spot, it's the the strong man. Mm. They, they they live in expectation of the 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 leader, the one who will bring bring the glory to them. You know, sort of the messianic king. But for Americans, that is the individual, the rugged individual right. who who uh, you know stakes his own path. Forges his own success, does it all himself. He does it my way, you know, like Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. Yeah, as I've said repeatedly, great for an economy, great for a republic, terrible for a churchman. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. It makes one wonder whether that's the reason that capitalism is so good and effective is it just basically appeals to the old Adam. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it basically says uh, we know we know that naturally you're not going to be inclined to worry about your neighbor. You're just going to be in it for yourself. So let's kind of work with that. Yeah. And then I think of quotes <laughs> like uh, that's why communism fails. It's, it's this collective good. Who gives a rip? Well, yeah. And this is how uh, the church was founded in Acts as a collectivistic uh, a commune kind of environment, and you hear about it, and then it rapidly disappears. This is how America was founded by the Puritans being oh, yeah. sent over well, they as were, a commune. Yeah, they, and they starved to death. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but by gum, they sure liked each other. I um, so, yeah, I, I want to. I, I I have I've not researched that. I, I've heard that in, on many occasions how capitalism saved the 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 colonists and stuff like that. And it it to me, I, you know, and I, I I've not done the research, but I'm smelling a, It smells a little fishy to me. Well, what happened, and and I've just recently been reading a history on this. Yeah, is is that they were sent over with the corporation that sent them. 
saying here's how it's going to be. So it was actually under the corporation saying you're going to hold all things in common. You're going to work for the betterment of the corporation, and you're all going to share evenly and equally in the proceeds. And the problem is a lot of the people that came over thought themselves to be noble, and manual labor was beneath them. And so they said, we're going to go off exploring, we're going to do this and that, and then the bad weather comes and they starve to death. After that, they came to the decision, we're going to allow each person to have his own plot of land and keep a portion of the proceeds, give the rest back to the uh, to, to the uh, corporation, and then everything, when you brought that self-interest in, that greed, that selfishness, that Ayn Rand points out can be a virtue because of trickle-down economics – there, there is questionable, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not singing her praises <laughs> on everything, especially but, greed is idolatry, not but, a virtue. But still, there, there is a virtue to be had by accident on this. In that, in that, the, when you make a lot of money, you spread the wealth around a little bit by buying this and that right, and the other right, thing. Right. You create more industry. So anyway, that's that's kind of the history of how things happened, but it was it was basically through that. And also interesting, not that this is a program on American history, that the slavery came out because there was actually a shortage of of uh, workers, and it started out with Scottish. Scottish were the first American slaves. They were the first indentured servants that would come over. Well, yeah, I mean, there's always a need for cheap labor. We yeah. still do it today. We just use illegal immigrants. Um, the only difference is we don't we don't kind of round them up in their from their home country and br- and ship them over. Well, there's uh, that. They, they just kind of come over, but uh, and we don't bring them saying you can stay for seven years as a slave, and if you survive, then you'll have your freedom. Right, kind of thing. But still, uh, Luther, regardless, Luther continues. He, however, who has emptied himself, and he he cites here Philippians two seven. I think that's his citation. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's an editorial citation. Through suffering, no longer does works, but knows that God works and does all things in him. For this reason, whether God works or not, it is all the same to him. He neither boasts if he does good works, nor is he disturbed if God does not do good works through him. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Go back. He neither boasts if he does good works, nor is he disturbed if God does not do good works through him. He knows that it is sufficient if he suffers and is brought low by the cross in order to be annihilated all the more. <laughs> it is this that Christ says in John 3, 7, you must be born anew. To be born anew, one must consequently first die and then be raised up with the Son of Man. To die, I say, means to feel death, as, to, to feel death at hand. Okay. Wow. So your job basically is to die. Yeah, guess so. The sanctified, your, your part in sanctification, die. <laughs> the debtor to the better. See, but we often read that as die to yourself, which means stop sinning. Oh, see, that's... but that, Go do good things and do fewer bad things. See, it's precisely and, the thing, though. As Luther says, the, the desire for something cannot be uh, satisfied by pursuing it. So so the desire for to be sinless cannot be uh, achieved by uh, attempting sinlessness. You have but, to die. Yeah, it's like Kapan talks it, about dropping dead to things. Yeah, if, if you want to stop sinning, you need to die. <laughs> That's about the only way I'm going to stop sinning. That is the only way. (laughs) 
unless Christ returns before I die. Ah, there's always a catch, isn't there? I think maybe time for the mailbag. <laughs> We've got uh, political science for dummies. Inquire no more, you feral beast. From Rachel. This this fits right in with your uh, your capitalism in the colonies. Yeah, okay, let's let's have at it. Uh, this is uh, these are various groups and two cows. Ah, oh, yes. Democrat, you have two cows. Your neighbor has none. You feel guilty for being successful. You push for higher taxes so the government can provide two cows for everyone. There you are. Republican, you have two cows. Your neighbor has none. So. Socialist, you have two cows. The government takes one, gives gives it to your neighbor. You form a cooperative to tell him how to manage his cow. That's about right. Okay. Yeah. Communist, you have two cows. The government seizes both and provides you with milk. You wait in line for hours to get it. It is expensive and sour. <laughs> That's good. Capitalism. There's, here's now. Here's yours. American style. You have two cows. You sell one. You buy a bull. You build a herd. Sounds good. There, that's what exactly what you said, isn't it? Sure. Bureaucracy, American style. You have two cows. Under the new farm program, the government pays you to shoot one, milk the other, and then pour the milk down the drain. It's very that's nice. just yes. like corn. Uh, American corporation. You have two cows. You sell one. You lease it back to yourself and do an IPO on the second one. You force the two cows to produce the milk of four cows. You are surprised when one cow subsequently drops dead. You spin an announcement to the analyst telling you you have downsized and are reducing expenses. Your stock goes up. Well, that sounds like oil. Yeah, French corp. Yeah, it is. That's, that, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. French corporation, you have two cows. You go on strike because you want three cows. You go to lunch, you drink wine, life is good. That is kind of French, isn't it? <laughs> Japanese corporation, you have two cows, you redesign them so that they are one-tenth the size of an ordinary cow, and they produce nearly 20 times the milk. There you go. You learn to travel on unbelievably crowded trains, and most, uh, most are at the top of their class at cow school. <laughs> German corporation, you have two cows. You engineer them so that they are all blonde, drink lots of beer, give excellent quality milk, and run 100 miles an hour. Beautiful. Unfortunately, they also demand 13 weeks of vacation per year. <laughs> Italian corporation, you have two cows, but you don't know where they are. You break for lunch. Life is good. <laughs> Russian corporation, you have two cows. You drink some vodka. You count them, and you learn you have five cows. You drink some more vodka. You count them again. You learn you have 42 cows. The mafia shows up, takes over however many cows you really have. <laughs> the Taliban corporation, Uh-oh. you have all the cows in Afghanistan, which are two. <laughs> you don't milk them because you can't touch any creature's private parts. You get a $40 million grant from the U.S. government to find alternatives to milk production, but use the money to buy weapons. Beautiful. There. Iraqi corporation, you have two cows, you go into hiding, you send radio tapes of their mooing. <laughs> oh, they send. <laughs> no. They send radio Let tapes. Me try. <laughs> Let me try. You have two cows, they go into hiding, right. they send radio tapes of their mooing. Yes. Polish corporation, you have two bulls. <laughs> <laughs> Employees are regularly maimed and killed <laughs> attempting to milk. Oh, that's <laughs> no, wrong. That's wrong. Yeah. Belgian Corporation, you have one cow. The cow is schizophrenic. 
Sometimes the cow thinks he's French. Other times he's Flemish. The Flemish cow won't share with the French cow. <laughs> the French cow <laughs> wants control of the Flemish cow's milk. The cow asks permission to be cut in half. The cow dies happy. <laughs> Florida Corporation, you have a black cow and a brown cow. Everyone votes for the best-looking one. Some of the people who actually like the brown one best accidentally vote for the black one. Some people vote for both. Some people vote for neither. Some people can't figure out how to vote at all. Finally, a bunch of guys from out of state tell you which one you think is the best-looking cow. <laughs> you think they're referring to that's, an election in Florida. That's kind of weird, point. yeah. California Corporation, here's ours. You have a million cows. They make real California cheese. Only speak. Uh, only five speak English. Most of them are illegal. Arnold likes the one with the big udders. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I read this stuff? You, you need the South American cow. They have two cows. We'll take a nap and take care of it tomorrow. <laughs> Manana. There you go. Thank you, Rachel, for that uh, economics lesson from the mailbag. You want to go to the caller? We have one more call on in the hopper still. You're just loving it. Bump, bump. We have another caller? Yeah, we got one more caller. Oh, we can keep the hoedown going. Let's... No. Attention. Uh-oh. The following segment contains a homeschooler alert. Wow. Adult subject Attention. matter. Here we go. The following segment contains a homeschooler alert. Dog. Attention. The following <laughs> segment contains a homeschooler alert. She had the best voice for voiceovers. I wonder how she's doing. I haven't heard from her in a long time. Man, anybody know how to reach her? I... Uh, we need to re- we need her to record some new stuff. Yeah, for we us. do actually. What a voice! She's the voice. She is the voice. One of several of of the intro. Yes, and she's the voice of the homeschooler alert. Yes, Don. Don. Don and her biker designer husband. <laughs> Didn't he design like quite, custom quite high end high end you know motorcycles? Yeah, he like he, he like also Orange in, County Chopper. He invented that. some medical device also or something the like that. Like, I can't like remember this mechanical what it was. genius. Yeah, or... Renaissance mechanic. Yeah, love it. All right, here what we you go. Got? You got Skype? Here we go. Hey, Craig and Bill. <laughs> I recently called up oh. the goons over at <laughs> Table Talk Radio. The goon, Table Talk goons. But Wolf they Mueller. did not know the answer. So no. I thought I would uh, <laughs> call some doctors of divinity oh, and perhaps your... Uh, Hello? Doctorate in <laughs> wow. God Whispery Bree would be able to tell me the answer to this. Uh, Does Fisk get calls like this? the conversation with Matt Harrison uh, uh-huh. and seeing the interview or the, uh, <laughs> I guess, Stop uh, watching TV. deposition or whatever ah. on the HHS mandate, I was ah. wondering what is the history of uh, sort of contraceptive teaching? And the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate. Is there a official stance on it that they have taken in the past? Is there a sort of governing uh, rule about such things? Where would you go to learn about what your church teaches about? Contraception. 
Have a lovely day. Inquire no more, you feral beast. <laughs> I, I would basically say, go to Jonathan Fisk, Worldview <laughs> Everlasting. He has a lot of opinions on things. Oh, he well, I mean, he's he's put out the authoritative word on hand holding, so <laughs> surely he's got something going with contraception. <sighs> Where do we go with this? As far as I know, and this isn't much. But as far as I know, the Missouri Synod has made a statement about abortion and abortifacients. And that's about it as far as I'm aware. Yeah, President Harrison, when he spoke before the Congressional Committee, I mean, he said a couple of times that our church body has no official stance on on contraception. Now, this caused uh, some Lutherans, especially in certain camps, to start wringing their hands. The Roman Catholic Lutherans? <laughs> well, no, there there is a contingent of Lutherans that, that are, are revisiting this question of contraception. Um, and, uh, and so, so there was a lot of, I think, um, internal discussion about whether, do we have an official position or not to the best of my knowledge, uh, I would concur with president Harrison is that, um, we have no official position. Where would you turn? You would turn to the proceedings of the Missouri Synod in convention, because that's where official positions are made and adopted. CTCR documents are not binding Missouri Synod documents unless they are adopted by this by the convention, right? As an official position. Right. And that's rare. Usually um, what happens is the CTCR has asked us to write or speak on certain things. There's a recent one that's come out on theology and practice of prayer of all things. I didn't know we, you know, this was like a problem, but. Uh, what are we, Wisconsin? <laughs> no, not prayer fellowship, just prayer in general. But, but uh, um, they will you pray to God. They, they will, they will write as a, a committee. And address these things, and then make make their publication. Um, pre- they will present it to the convention, which meets every three years, and the convention usually rece- uh, votes to receive the report. Now, receiving the report is not the same as approving of it or making it official teaching. It just means they received the report, and it's useful in the church for uh, guidelines, advice. It, it's basically a guideline document. It's the church's way of saying thank you very much. Now, the uh, the the CTCR document on human sexuality does the it has some things on um, contraception, and that, and uh, it has some statements that that I think are. Just rather ambiguous about the thing. Basically, the position that the CTCR took was that uh, that fertility and childbearing is the is one of the primary purposes of marriage. It should not be thwarted. It should not be taken lightly. Um, you know, children are a blessing of God. They are the fulfillment of the blessing. Be fruitful and multiply, uh, and this kind of thing. And so, so contraception. Uh, That whole question needs to be looked at and addressed in light of the fact that children are considered a blessing of God and the primary reason for marriage in the first place. So, you know, that's where they are. Um, The problem that I think is being being raised, uh, particularly with the things like the pill and some uh, some more um, chemical means, uh, hormonal means of birth control, is that they uh, create a dilemma for people who would hold, hold that life begins at uh, fertilization because um, these things actually prohibit or inhibit the implantation of fertilized egg in the womb. So that would constitute not really an abortion 
I think by definition, but it would basically prevent um, the implantation so so that you know things couldn't progress further than that. Uh, that could be conceived, I would think, or construed as as uh, kind of a uh, quote unquote abortion. So that's that's really the um, the discussion at hand. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with this. Um, as as I said, as far as I know, uh, abortions and abortifacients are pretty much what we have declared to be ungood. And uh, as far as other things go, I, I guess you really have to get into the whole biology of the thing and and make a decision when exactly does life begin. And can you know that? And, See, that's the problem. You, I, you and, know, I, I've I've always maintained that once you start, once you open that question up, and and the whole right to life abortion thing has opened that question up. Uh, it's it's another one of those points at which time at which well, we talked about that with respect to the Lord's Supper. <laughs> somebody oh somebody pointed out genius in my my Bible class. We were talking about this business of you know you can't really say uh, we're not given to say. Uh, this point at which the bread becomes the body of Christ. But we speak about revealing what the bread is, you know, what Christ is doing with the bread in the words of the consecration. And this person said, you know, it's just like the resurrection of the dead. It's just like the resurrection of Jesus. Nobody really knows when it happened. Hmm. Yeah. What we hear is the proclamation that it happened. But nobody actually knows when it happened. Well, yeah, we we kind of have an idea of when he came out of the tomb. Well, nobody saw him come out of the tomb. Well, the guards that passed out saw something was going on, no, but they didn't see him come out necessarily. No record of this. Right. So we know that by Sunday morning he had come out of the tomb. But how long was he rooting around in there? Well, he could have been rooting around you know, in there yeah, for that, two and, and a half that days. Very strange thing in First Peter about you know being put to death in the flesh, made alive in the spirit, etc. But getting back to this contraception thing, when we divorce ah, marriage and sexual intimacy and family, the procreation of children, when we start interfering with those and divorcing those, we create huge disorder and trouble, which we have seen in our society today. But Jesus is still your friend. And Jesus is still our friend. See you next time. And any other questions should be directed to Jonathan Fisk, Worldview Everlasting. I've had friends before, and I can tell you that. He's one who will never leave you flat. Bum, bum. Jesus is the friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is the friend of mine.